and American music legend Dan Baird, DaleWileyShow.com. Because there was something in the water in Springfield, Missouri. Hey, don't forget me. I'm Brenda Lee, and we're all going to have fun tonight on Ozark Jubilee. The Missouri Music Podcast, hosted by music fan and the founder of Slewfoot Records, Mr. Dale Wiley. Okay. Well, uh, we're lucky to be here today with Dan Baird, uh, an icon on the Americana and <laughs> roots rock country, whatever you want to call it, music scene. And Dan, how are you doing today? I'm doing fine. I okay. am doing fine. <laughs> how is the weather in Nashville? Well, it just got cloudy and um, hadn't started to rain, a la Chuck. But uh, it's it 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 got cold here all of a sudden. It turned to winter, but uh-huh. uh, that's better than that's better than springtime in in, in December. <laughs> there Very you go. <laughs> Need so, to have all four seasons. Yeah. Oh yeah. Well, that's one reason to live in Nashville, isn't it? You have all four seasons in one day. In <laughs> <laughs> one hour. Yeah. <laughs> so. Um, so Dan, you um, you are originally, or you're associated with Georgia because of the Georgia satellites, um, right? Well, I grew bit. up in it. Yeah, I grew up in Atlanta, um, north of Atlanta, in an area called Sandy Springs, which was nicknamed the Golden Ghetto. Uh-huh. Uh, you'd have to be local to understand it. It's a very in, involved thing, but it fit perfectly. Uh-huh. Um, uh, lived there. From the time I was three, my folks were from Atlanta, but my dad was doing some Navy business, so I was born in San Diego. Uh-huh. Um, but I consider myself a Georgian right. uh, because I was raised there. I spent from three to 35 there, and right. I moved I moved here in 89-ish. Okay. Yeah. And, yeah, and that, was time, that was the time a lot of people, the Olympics were headed that way, and a lot of people decided that Atlanta had kind of lost its small town charm. Well, I got a, I got a, I got a, I went through a divorce and got a gal here in, in Nashville and started, we we talked about it, and transplanting her to Atlanta and then me going off, on, you know, on, on, on forays. <laughs> and leaving her, you know, in a strange city. Good luck, you know. I'm sure you'll meet people you like, you know. Was and I didn't care where I lived, and we, <clears throat> we were thinking about it. And there's a place in Nashville called the Pancake Pantry, uh-huh. and it's got a pretty good breakfast, but you really want to skip it during the busy hours. Anyway, this was during the Dan and indefinitely rock and roll hours uh wow. time frame and uh we'd get up at the crack of noon and <laughs> we'd go get some breakfast around two o'clock and we were in there it was a weekday and it was the two of us they were getting ready to close at three and uh had the waitress and the cook 
and this long string bean fella comes walking in and you know older gent and he uh he he holds up his hand howdy and the waitress says same old thing roy and i'm sitting there going oh my god that's <laughs> roy motherfucking acuff <laughs> and 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 he didn't get you know like he got treated like a human not uh-huh. a, not an icon and that's one of the things that Nashville has. There's a, there's a there's a Nashville cool where you don't lose it when you meet somebody that, or you're in in the proximity of somebody that you've seen on television or right. heard on their radio. You just don't right. do that. You know, uh-huh. it's just kind of like you're going like, <laughs> oh man, you're not cool. <laughs> and uh and, and and you can live like a human being here. And it was getting a little weird in Atlanta for me. Um, you know, there's that guy, there's that guy, and you can feel that. You know. Right. And, and 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 it's just like it just doesn't exist here. So autonomy until you don't have it, you you don't know what it really means. And then once you get it back, you go like, man, I'm never moving. <laughs> well, that's pretty great. So you've been there for twenty more than almost thirty years now. So yeah, you're a Nashvilleian at this point. Yes. Tell me, yes, I, 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 kind of, you know, you you were, I mean, you were a rock and roll fan before you became a rock and roll star. What what kind of led you in the direction of of what you've done for the past number of years? Well, man, it's uh, uh, that's a that's a wide question. Um <laughs> I like the way the stuff sounded, the the movement in it. Um that's you know, that's the most physically attractive thing about about rock and roll is it's 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 still it's a movement oriented music. Um <clears throat> rather than the sad tale, you can have a sad tale, but it uh-huh. still it has to move. Um hence the and roll. Right. Uh, um and that's a that's a that's a that's a hard thing to to really discuss, but it's I, I, I found that my particular voice I'm not a good singer singer you know like Frank Sinatra is a good singer uh-huh. uh I I'm I'm I I I can't do that right. but I I found my my vehicle for expression inside you know well this music's forgiving enough <laughs> <laughs> you know <clears throat> Tell me what was, the, who was the first guy that or band or gal or who it was who was the first one that that made you say I want to do this? Probably, probably the Stones when Beggars Banquet came out. Uh-huh. Johnny Rivers, Johnny Rivers actually before that. Uh-huh. Um, he was he was an obtainable cool. Oh, you know, Johnny Rivers is the best. I mean, those those yeah. sides are just awesome. Oh man, I mean, it's like you know all the fake live stuff, and then right. the um, <laughs> and then the uh, the one that's got Summer Wind on it uh, uh-huh. changes. I think. I mean, uh-huh. it's like you know, I was a big Johnny Rivers fan, right? Um, <clears throat> you know, because I couldn't sing like the Beach Boys. You know, I wasn't as cool as as 
as, as the Beatles and the Stones hadn't really developed the whole thing at that particular point in time. I remember December's Children was the first album I bought by them because uh-huh. they were starting to develop the thing. Uh-huh. And by Beggar's Banquet, they had, you know, they did their little foray into psychedelia and then well, just went, yeah. let's, just make, let's make a... Let's make a Roots record. <laughs> and so Beggar's Beggar's Banquet, by my counting, that was right around the time of the International Submarine Band, and it was right around uh-huh. the time of Sweethearts of the Rodeo and right. Graham Parsons. Everybody kind of, you know, like went, oh, wait a minute. But the Stones kept the blues thing going in it, you know, with right. Prodigal Son and, and, and Stray Cat Blues. Um, it was, you know, that was a, that was a pretty magic record for me. Well, I mean, that's one that's, well, 68 to 72 stones. I just don't know that anybody can do better than that. I mean, that's pretty tough, pretty tough. I mean, the seeds sown in 65 through 67, you know, Uh can't be overlooked. I mean, you know, just, you know, let's, but it just kept getting bolder and more, you know, now let's don't dip our toe in. Let's jump in. Right. Right. You know, and that's, that's pretty much, that's pretty much when I went, this is the stuff I want to, you know, rip off for the rest of my life. (laughs) (laughs) That's funny. Now you, you eventually, um, uh, you were, did you actually go see the sex pistols when they were in Atlanta? Yeah. Mm -hmm. Okay. And, and I remember, you know, you you being quoted in a book about that. Uh, the the yeah about that. yeah 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 yeah. I, I can't remember the guy who wrote it, but I was a friend of his. And anyway, he said he was doing a book, and I went, oh, I saw him. You know, uh, and we started talking. He's like, whoa. <laughs> but um, yeah, I had a girlfriend, uh, Doreen, who worked at uh, the Great Southeast Music Hall, where uh-huh. the first show they did in the states, uh-huh. and. And I remember going going to see him, and you know, I went to see the Clash when they came through. You know, the 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 London Calling photo uh-huh. on the front. You know, I saw that moment. You know, right. And yes, the bass had been cutting out all night, and Paul Simon <laughs> had just had enough. You know, that's it. Fuck right. you all the way. <laughs> um, and that was in New York, right? No, 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 no. That was in Atlanta. Oh, okay. All right. No, that happened at the Agora Ballroom. Okay. That happened at the Agora Ballroom. He, <clears throat> you know, that's just a, you know, that was a whoa moment. I've never seen, I've never seen anybody beat one. Um, <clears throat> but I sure did that night. <laughs> um, <clears throat> but with the pistols and them, you know, I went in expecting a, punk rock thing uh-huh. and in in both cases i saw rock and roll bands you know that that dressed differently and talked about certain issues more than others uh-huh. but especially with the clash they were by that point they had made their third record or the second record which i thought was you know amazing sounding uh-huh. and they had started turning into a full-on rock and roll band uh-huh. That you know had you know a guy with a mohawk and you know 
you know, and they did, you know, a little bit of reggae in there, but not, not all that much. And it was, it was funny to see those bands and go, you know, you're just rock bands, you know, it's like you can put all the hyphens and, 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 you know, pre-names you want to, it's, it's just, you know, they, they all, you know, it's like, are you a good rock band tonight? Right. You know, and, and with the pistols, uh, they had a great drummer, a good guitar player, great front man, but Sid, not so much. <laughs> and, you know, he looked great. He looked great. I uh-huh. mean, he looked like every mother's nightmare. You are, you were, you know, he had it. But but there's so much similarity between just the you know the Sex Pistols and just the straight ahead rock and roll of the fifties, mm-hmm. you know, and I think yeah. that gets overlooked. Yeah, well, I mean, it's like you know, you listen to Brand New Cadillac and Train in Vain, and you go, "This is rock band stuff." Right. This is right. rock and roll band stuff. You yeah. know, it's you know these are not you know. You know, you listen to God Save the Queen. That is a great rock and roll song. It sure is, yeah. You and, know. And that whole album is, is, you know, I mean, it's riddled with yes, that. It, it, it's fantastic. I mean, you know, it's like I remember I heard the, Ramo- uh, the Ramones' first record. Uh-huh. So I, I, was, I was at that point in time uh, sharing a house with a guy that was a record reviewer. Uh-huh. He got the record. I'd read about him in Roll of the Stone. And back when they talked about music, and <laughs> and uh, you know, I put it on, and I went, "Shit's gonna change, right? Shit's gonna change. It's gonna be good, right? It's gonna be good." You know, the the whole bloating thing, you know, really did happen. And yeah. you know, just get short, get punchy. Oh yeah, and and then you know, of course, I'm, um, you know, I was in high school when the when the georgia satellites record came out and i was not you were not you were past high school (laughs) but i tell you i mean to my ears which had grown up listening to you know both sides of the you know coin the whalen and and you know early rock and roll stuff and then by that time was much more into you know hair metal or whatever i mean that was just the best sounding record that there was i mean I mean, you could just turn that thing up, and I mean, it just sounds like a million bucks. And, and well, thank so, you very much. It's a little, it's a little reverb heavy, but that was at the time. I don't, know. I don't know that you can say anything is too reverb heavy. You need some, you need some reverb in there. And, and, oh, take a listen, take a listen to that snare drum. It's still echoing. <laughs> <laughs> well, so you know. How how long had you been in that incarnation when when you guys got such a great break? What happened? Um, well, what happened? Me and Rick Richards uh, were the mainstays of the band, right? And um, we had, I think we had, did we have three? Yeah, we had three different drummers. Uh-huh. Marl was our third one, uh-huh. and we had. A revolving bass player slot. You know, <laughs> right. we had, yeah, we'd have like seven or eight guys in town that could cover it. You know, uh-huh. you know, just you know, we got a gig. You know, yeah, it's it's crap pay. You know, you want to make forty bucks and you know, 
saying, right. you know, and saying and have some fun and possibly get a few drinks on the house. Come on. Uh-huh. Right. So, uh, but Keith Christopher uh, was our first one. Brendan O'Brien was our second one. Uh, Rex Patton. Uh, we, the, the list goes on. Dave Hewitt uh, actually cut the EP with us with uh, the drummer that was with us for a couple of months named Randy DeLay. Uh-huh. And uh, uh, David Michelson before that, he was the first drummer. Wow. Well, and, and Keith Christopher still plays. I mean, has, has been throughout your career. He's he's the yes, he has. He's yeah, he's been gone from the band now for a couple of years, but uh, he's doing pretty good now, and uh, he's playing with uh, Aaron Lee Tash in a bunch. Uh huh. Uh, and some other people, um, and so he's doing good, and that's and that's great news to me. Right. And so when um, you know when when the first album came out, um, mm-hmm. the I mean that was just the right time. I don't think that time exists anymore for such a rootsy, you know, just song to get out there and have such a wide success. We were a breath of fresh air. You remember. God, that was the, the the very first granola cereal, Heartland, Heartland, or something like that. Uh-huh. Uh, yeah, and 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 they they were sitting there going like, you know, what kind of box are we going to have? And they decided on a plain brown box, which on the on the cereal aisle stuck out like a sore thumb, right? Because of you know all the primary colors, screaming loud bullshit, you know, tricks, and all right. that business. Yeah, you know, it's just like. It, 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 it was obvious. So I think that we were kind of, you know, you, you had all this other stuff that was real, you know, I don't know, overdone. And we well, came in kind of, and, and just, you know, I mean, away from that, that influence of, you know, one half Muddy Waters and, you know, a little bit of Don yeah. thrown in there too. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Uh, well, I mean, it's, you know, when you when you lose touch with all of that, it gets it it it, it, it gets like where is the humanness in this? Right. It's it's the thing that I've always had a hard time with with metal. You uh-huh. know, the really heavy right. stuff. It's kind of like you guys ever get laid? <laughs> you know, I'm talking about about girls. Right. You know. Um, you know, and it's kind of like it almost sounds like they're they're working a business model. You oh, know, yeah. as far as like lyric content, right? And how much they hate everything or whatever. Oh but, yeah, I hate you, mommy. Comics aren't real. <laughs> I mean, you know, especially the bloody ones. Right. <sighs> so you know, it's just I just you know that wasn't around. I you know it's like when I was a when I was a kid, you know. I I listen to overdone music, you know, hell, I listen to Vanilla Fudge and Iron Butterfly and sure. all that other crap that, you know, was out at the time which you listen to when you're when you're a kid. And, right. you know, King Crimson, you know. Uh-huh. And it's like and it's just like now it's just kinda of like, No, don't put that on, please. It's <laughs> not it's not very great. It isn't about anything. Right. It's about made up shit. Right. Well so, um, and you just stepped up to the mic with the Telecaster. Did you have your Telecaster with the um, 
uh, humble pie lineage by that time, or or was that a different? Guitar? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yes, well, I got that in. Tell everybody about that guitar because that's a real oh, amazing all guitar. Right. Somebody broke in my house and took my '63 Tele. Uh huh. Um, <clears throat> and it was—I mean, it was a—it was a mongrel, but the neck was a '63 Strat neck, believe it or not, uh-huh. that felt great on a Tele body. I mean, somebody had cut a pine paneling pick guard on it. I mean, <laughs> it was ugly. I don't know why in God's name somebody stole it, but they did. Uh huh. And I got a. The guy sold me one for 250 bucks, a telly. And uh-huh. let me tell you, this was a telly. They are not all created equal. Uh-huh. Uh, this thing weighed a ton, no sustain. Um, Steve Marriott lived in Atlanta, 82, 83. Okay. So he came and sat in with us one night. And and he was dead sober the first time. <laughs> the first and time. The first time. And he just tore it up. I mean, I was just sitting there going like, uh, he. not only did I end up with his guitar, I ended up, you know, trying to sing like him. Right. <laughs> it's just like, I got to, you know, I got to learn how to project. That guy, honest to God, projected. He didn't, uh, half the time he didn't need a PA. Um, right. Anyway, he said, come on over to the house. Um you know, let's listen to some records and have have some fun. And so I'm going like, well, yeah, <laughs> you know, it's Steve Marriott, right? Absolutely. <clears throat> you know, and uh, so we went over there, and I saw this guitar um, sitting in a different room, and I said, mind if I play on that? Uh, that telly goes, it's an Esquire, mate. Go ahead. You know, <laughs> and. Three hours later, everybody said, you know, it's time to go. And I looked up and I went, if you ever have a reason in this world to sell this thing, please let me know. I will find a way. Uh-huh. And he went duly noted. I went around town moping for a couple of months, you know, about the guitar I could never have. Right. You know, it, it, it felt absolutely perfect. My left hand just went, oh, my God, you're home. Uh-huh. Um. This okay. I had a friend who worked at a music store who had heard me whining and moaning, and he, he came to. Uh, we we were doing a residency four nights a week, three sets a night at a place called Hedgens, uh-huh. and he came up between first and second set, and he had a blanket and obviously something under there it looked like a guitar, and he goes, "Give me your telly," and I looked at him and he went, "Give me your telly," so I handed you know handed him my telly and he handed me that. He goes, oh, I think he played tens and pulled the blanket off and I went, Oh my God, plugged it <laughs> in and was just sitting there just laughing. He goes, You owe me two hundred and seventy five bucks. Oh wow. And took off with my telly. And uh Steve had told the guy that he ended up he traded that towards his blonde three thirty five that he ended up as his his last guitar. Uh-huh. Um, you can see it in all the packet of three stuff on YouTube. Um but this guitar went towards he goes, There's a fella that won't and he goes, I know the guy. He's been crying about it. Jesus Christ, shut him up. <laughs> and uh <clears throat> and it's sitting oh about seven feet away from me right this moment. Wow. So and- uh and and we used to run into Steve 
uh, back when he moved, he moved back to London. Seemed like the Sats always had an off night, and he had a gig. And uh, we'd all go down and see him, and he'd always ask, how the, how's our guitar? <laughs> so, and, uh, and I just, you know, I've played the life out of it. I can't use it live anymore. It won't take, it won't take the water, that I, and I sweat. Uh-huh. I, I am I'm a prodigious sweater while singing. <laughs> singing is hard work. Oh, and 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 being under the lights and and everything else. I mean, the people you oh god, oh god, yeah. I mean, you know, your body temp goes up, and I mean, you're 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 keeping your core temperature at something that is you know aerobic for uh-huh. two hours. You know, right. and it's just like, <laughs> like most guitars don't like being you know put in the shower that thing i beat the finish off i wanted to finish off the back it seeps in gets into the electronics begins to short out oh, and wow. uh yeah but i mean it you know oh it, it's it's on the last record it will be on the next record uh-huh it's just <laughs> you know, been it, taken off the road like uh yeah yeah it's desk desk job from here on out <laughs> there you go but, what your yeah what your that's is that it's a 57. Actually, it's a 57 neck with a 62 body because uh-huh. I talked to Ian McCloggan, and he said that him and Steve swapped uh, swapped necks. Okay. Yeah. Steve liked the sound of his, but he liked Ian's neck and vice versa, so they swapped. Wow. So it's got that rock and roll lineage as well. That's Yeah. I mean, it's just it's, it's ridiculous. <laughs> and then, of course, it played on "Keep Your Hands to Yourself." So it is. It yeah, is well, it also played on Ten Soldier," which I think oh, is a lot yeah, cool. Oh, yeah. Well, <laughs> so do you. <laughs> and but but I all mean, of, all of a sudden that guitar is even cooler. Uh, well, I mean, it's it's as cool as it can get. I mean, that's the ultimate ten and cool. But so when you um, but at that time. You guys could be a rock and roll band and still be a big deal. I mean, you guys were on the MTV kind of end of the year we, thing. But I mean, we came out of nowhere. I mean, nobody <laughs> was expecting this type of success. Uh-huh. Um, we were expecting to be somewhere between the fabulous Thunderbirds and 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 Jason and the Scorchers if we got lucky. Uh-huh. You know, that's, you know, to me, that's that's as big as we could possibly ever, ever imagine getting. Right. And instead, you've got a song that still is played regularly all over the world. I, it's just, I can't believe it myself. I mean, it's, <laughs> I shied away from, you know, all the all the big deal terms, you know, until I said, well, give it 20 years and see if people still, and I still are, so. Uh-huh. I, I I don't know. It's it's simple enough and makes people happy enough. Yeah, Wonderful. you can't. There's just nothing to find any fault with. It's just a great rock and roll record. And well, you, you know, now I had um, I had Eric Amble on here a couple of days ago, and he Roscoe Roscoe, <laughs> and and he cannot stop talking about what a great guitar player you are. And, 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 you know, he just says that you're, uh, you know, one of the best rhythm guitar players. He loves your, 
your lead playing. I mean, he he's he's a big fan of. Um, I I always Eric Eric's a, a, a Eric. I will say this: Eric is a better soloist than I am, and I have no problem in saying that. I I can do a couple of things, but mostly I I'm I'm, I'm kind of stuck in the rudimentary Mike Campbell world, you know, not what he can actually do, but what he does. Because uh-huh. you know, he, you know, he just plays inside songs so well. Right. And, uh-huh. and, and I can do that kind of thing. And I, and I do take some pride in being a rhythm guitar player. Um, well, and when I, um, when I asked this on Facebook sometime back, I, I asked about who who your favorite rhythm guitar players were. Everybody wants to know about lead, but who are the guys that mm-hmm. know the song? And and tell tell me some names that that you threw up there. Well, man, Malcolm Young. I mean, you know that guy drove ACDC. You got some guys playing cool blues stuff. Some guy shouting about something, but you got Malcolm. Right, just laying it. <laughs> Down. Right. <laughs> you got Keith Richards who in, who invented the 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 way it swings right. on on an electric guitar. Um, uh-huh. I really love Paul Westerberg's rhythm playing. Uh-huh. Um, he's just you know the whole song's right there in his right hand. I mean you know how it moves, how it flows, and that's what that. That's what happens when you get guys that grew up probably playing a folk, you know, an acoustic guitar, and you and you plug them into a Marshall, and you know, it's just yeah. kind of like, whoa, <laughs> okay, so I don't have to hit it quite as often. <laughs> right, right. No. The, the notes last a little longer. Well, um, Chuck Berry is still at. I mean, I Chuck still. Berry. Chuck Berry has. You ever have you ever met the man? I've I've Shake, seen shook his hand. I'm not shaking his hand now. It's huge. <laughs> God, it, it looks big. You put yours in his, and all of a sudden you feel like a little boy. It's just <laughs> like wow, this thing is huge. I don't even know how he he. You know, it's like it explains some of the the the, the capacities to 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 reach around all over the neck. Uh-huh. Um. I'm sitting there trying to think of who else. Buddy Holly, what a, what oh, a great yeah. rhythm guitar player. Yeah, what a what a genius of. I mean, I don't know how you can yeah. even classify him. Um, I love the way Waylon played rhythm guitar. Oh yeah, and I love his low end lead playing too. You know, he, yeah, he yeah, yeah, the, yeah, just just his little twangly bit. Yeah, yeah well, that are, and, they're know, sexy. They they are sexy. Know. Hank Snow from the um, from the country side of things. I love his acoustic lead playing. I don't know if you've mm-hmm. listened to enough to have an opinion, but man, he can play. Yeah, I mean, it's like it's there are a bunch of really good, you know, like rhythm players that you can hear the whole song in their right hand. It's uh-huh. um. You know the whole, the, you know how the drums should work, how the bass should work, right? You know where the where the solo should come in. Should you have any keyboards on this? You right. know, it, you know it's 
that's the thing to me, and it's and it's and it's all in in right hand stuff. Eric also says Joan Jett has an amazing right hand. I love to watch her play. I, I got to see her a couple yeah. of times years ago, and and man, she just propels everything. Yeah, I mean, it's like that's what a good rhythm guitar player does uh-huh. to me, and. I'm trying to sit there and think of somebody else. Is he straddling? I think I think of him as more of a of a, of a songwriter. Uh-huh. You know, right? I'm I'm sh- I'm sure every time he goes out to his mailbox four times a year, he goes like, "Yep, I'm a songwriter." <laughs> there you go. How's that reunion going, boys? Exactly. <laughs> when um. You know, after after the Georgia Satellites um, quit being the Georgia Satellites. Uh, oh no, they uh, okay. I, I quit the Georgia Satellites. Well, no, I, I mean I know what you're talking about, but that that signaled the end, I think, to to most music fans. I mean, the Rick and Dan thing was where it was had. Um, are, well, are they... we had a, we had a certain rub, and listen, speaking of Izzy, Rick went off to play with Izzy. He sure did. Um, I saw that band. <clears throat> and and he did great there. I was at I was I was I was on stage while Rick did his audition for Izzy. Oh wow! And he uh, he had been playing okay, but it, he, he had just lost the point on his pencil, basically. Uh-huh. And all of a sudden that night, he it, Izzy had said, you know, I'm looking to put together a band and do a record. Would you like to come play guitar? Uh-huh. Uh, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm thinking about this. All of a sudden, the guy that I loved uh-huh. started playing, and I just went, "This band is over. <laughs> <laughs> this band is over. That guy needs to go get him some brand new poonanny, you know, because he's tired of this stuff." And well, uh, when I saw that, you know, and you can't, you can't force. You cannot force somebody to stay in love with what you're in love with, you know. When I and, saw, that. and so, and 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 so it's like you know, and he went out and did that, you know, and it's like it was good. I expected him to keep to keep moving forward, but it didn't happen quite that well. The night I saw them, the very best song in the whole set was "Battleship Chains." I mean, mm. that that band, you know, just played. I mean that that was just something to see. It, it really uh, was, you know, that was a good show all the way around. But I remember Mississippi Night seeing uh, seeing Battleship Change. That was the the best thing they had the whole night. Well, it's it's a powerful song. Terry Anderson wrote that and uh-huh. uh, <clears throat> wrote that. And I love you. Period. I need to get back up with Terry. I need to get you back. Know, is that Terry? If you're listening, Terry, if you're listening, I, I'm gonna get back up with you. <laughs> well, uh, that's um, a great song. Speaking of uh, of the stuff you've done, um, you know the the Yahoos and and the mm-hmm. homemade sin and all the different stuff you've done. I mean, I love you. Period is is a really clever and and great song that Terry still... Terry. Oh my God, he is. And they just they just come to him. They just come to him. He's a magnet for that. Uh-huh. And it's just kind of bastard. <laughs> now you wrote Nancy Sinatra with with our friend Brian Hennon. Brian, yeah, mm-hmm. we were over at his house. It was back in Brian's bad old days, <laughs> and um, 
he had uh, he had he had sampled some uh, inebriants, uh-huh. and uh, <clears throat> I think it was the day before he quit smoking. <laughs> <laughs> And we were listening to the first ZZ Top record uh-huh. and how cool that record sounded and going, why aren't people making this kind of music anymore? Right. And and we just started working on it. And then, uh, you know, and, and I was doing, at that point in time, I was stuck doing the, all right, how's everybody <laughs> doing tonight, a lot of hot chicks, you know, stage stage patter stuff that you know really bad. And right. so she's so hot to take all I got to, to be in the company of Miss Nancy Sinatra. Brian started laughing. That's all I need. <laughs> and uh, and then uh, we just kind of we just sat around and we finished it up pretty quick. Uh-huh. Once we you know once we got going. And uh, it was it was it was a blast. Well, Brian said that he couldn't pull you away from the World Series in order to write any more songs that weekend. That that's probably correct. <laughs> probably correct. Because you are, a, you are an inveterate baseball fan, and uh, I'm, I'm 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 a huge Braves fan. I'm a huge huge Braves fan, and it, that's a difficult task right now because well, they. Uh, is that what they're calling it? <laughs> I, that's what they're branding it as while they move out to the county from downtown. <clears throat> yeah, I know. Uh, it, that, that whole that whole thing has uh, – it, it, it's, it's made me feel like what I imagine classic Republicans feel when they look at the, <laughs> the, the right. clowns that are running. Exactly. You know, it's just kind of like, what happened to Republicans? You know, right. What the hell happened to Everett Dirksen? What the right. hell happened to Bob Dole? Yeah, you know, Ford, you know yeah. Republicans. That's a, those are Republicans. These people are crazy. Right, right. And and I'm sure it feels the same way waiting for the the suburban uh, stadium to be built. When I really, uh. loved, I really loved. Um, I, I, the Fulton County Stadium was, you know, not exactly. Oh, man, the, the Homer Dome? Oh, my <laughs> God. Oh, my God. That was a great place to see a ball but, game. But I love I loved Turner Field. I just thought that was an excellent, excellent stadium. The Ted was fun to go to. The Ted yeah. was fun to go to. I uh-huh. don't know. I don't know whether they are, in, you know, done some some study or something, have no earthly idea you know, they probably got some statistician saying, you know, we'll we'll draw exactly seven thousand two hundred and forty five more fans every every game, you know, if we move out yeah. to the you know, Cobb County. Right. You know, and it's just kinda like what well, y'all afraid of black folks? What the hell's wrong with you? Exactly. You know? Exactly. Go to the damn game. Well, I, I when I when I went to law school down there I, I got to see Greg Maddox and um and Andy Bennis pitched one of the best, you know, they both went in wow. the 10th inning. I think it was one to nothing. And that was one of the best things I'd ever seen. And I had great seats. Oh, for man. You could buy them for, you know, nothing right behind the plate. <laughs> Got to watch. Yeah. yeah. No, it, it's, boy, watching watching Greg pitch was just <laughs> just amazing. 
Yeah. Here, Mr. Hitter, here's what you almost want. Exactly. <laughs> Except it's going to be an inch lower than you think it is. <laughs> exactly. And you are going to hit a ground ball to second base again. <laughs> yeah, he was he was something else. That was really uh, an amazing yeah. game. And I, I saw yeah. a couple of I saw Maddox pitch against Clavin years later. I just happened to be in Atlanta. I was able to go out there and watch that. And uh, wow. you know, just always always good mm-hmm. stuff. And, and mm-hmm. so you kind of stay up with that. And and um, you know, I was also going to ask you. Um, I, I don't know that you ever get to do this, but. I want you to interview yourself for a couple of minutes and ask yourself some questions that um, you don't really get asked. Wow. Um, Dan, have you ever played lead guitar on anybody's record all the way through? Why, yes, I have. Will Hogue's very first record, Carousel. Uh I was the the guitar player on that. And uh, really, you know, and, and, you know, sang a couple of backups, but our bass player Trace was actually a better backup singer than I than I am, and uh, he did the he did the yeoman's work on that. Uh-huh. But uh, I got to be Mr. Weedley Weedley Weedley, and <laughs> uh, and believe me, I've not gotten any better. <laughs> um, and I and I had a blast doing it, and it was a ton easier. But Will was nowhere near what they call making it uh-huh. <laughs> and uh it was i hung in for like 18 months and then it was just kind of like man i can't do this i cannot uh-huh. sleep four to a room you know i just can't do it right I don't you know not that i don't think you're great not that you know i'm just too old to do it <laughs> You know, and if we had a caught fire and, and, and gotten a deal and gotten separate rooms, you know, now <laughs> it is a, that is one of my conditions. I will have my own room. I will yeah. basically broke me of that. There's, um, there's let's see. What else would I ask me? Um, I'll tell you an interesting story. I play with Warner Hodges now. Right. And uh and homemade sim. And and the Bluefields. I play bass in that. That is fun. If you ever want to get every guitar player should have to go play bass in a band. Right. They really should. All of a sudden your time's gonna get better. Your that whole thing of the of the roll your eye, bass player rolling his eyes at the guitar player, you'll stop making the bass player roll his eyes. He'll just quit. You know, he'll quit doing all the stupid shit that guitar players do. Um, and you will also really learn how to dissect a song, and you will be forced into learning some theory, whether you it's practical, I mean, knowledge you can talk about or not. Right. Um, which uh, that e- that makes your guitar playing that much better. Sure. It's it's very strange. It's it's it's, but but the closer to the the source, and you know it's like I I, I can't play drums worth a shit. Um, uh, but I did play drums one night. Um, Alex Chilton was opening up for driving and crying. I was right. at, in Birmingham. I drove them down to see them there. 
And Alex and his bass player were in one car, and his horn player and bassist were in another. And they were going to be, they were definitely going to be late, and and he was opening, so you, you don't get to choose what time you go on when you're the opener. Right. And he just came in, you know, does anybody play drums? And Driving and Crying's drummer at the time uh, passed on it. You know, and I, he's going, I just want to play, you know, we can just do Tina Nina New for, you know, like 10 minutes or something, you know, just give my guys time. And I went, look, I can keep a beat. My time is shit. You know, uh-huh. it's, it, you know, my tempo is, right. is, is going to slide all over the place because I'm not a drummer. Right. But, you know, but so I, I played drums for Alex Chilton for 10 minutes. Wow. Well, that's uh, that's enough. I yeah, mean, that's great. Um, that was that was it was it was it was really funny. I mean, it was just kind of like, you know, yes, Mister Boxtop Big Star, I'll <laughs> I'll be your, I'll be your drum guy for as long as I can. Well, um, you're playing with Elizabeth Cook now, right? Uh, off and on, um, we've done. We did one little mini tour. And then uh, I played with her at the Opry a couple of times, uh-huh. which is the, is the only way I, I wore my Malcolm Young T-shirt to the Opry. I figured, <laughs> you know, it's the only way Malcolm's going to get to the Grand Old Opry. There you go. <laughs> <clears throat> but uh, she she's great. She is she is really fun to play guitar for. Right, and she's going to be a bigger star someday. I mean, that day is coming when she has the talk show or whatever. She has one of the purest voices. I have a very good friend down in Atlanta who pointed out, oh, he closed his eyes and went, who does she sound like? Who does she sound like? And he went, it's not the accent. It's not anything but the timber of Dolly Parton. Uh-huh. And I just was like, wow, you're right. You know, <laughs> it's, you know, it's, it, it it she doesn't sing quite that high, but it's it's the that little melancholy thing that that Dolly has. Are you enjoying yeah. it to work in that kind of capacity where um, you know you're you're maybe molding a different part of what they're doing? Or I mean, well, yeah, I mean it, it, it's going to benefit me, or I'm going to you know like playing wise, or I'll quit doing it. Um, uh-huh. It you know it's it, it it's something that you know if I can find some some evolution in in my playing and <clears throat> Dexter her guitar player is a is a really good guitar player so it's like I'm trying to find the little you know and, and he's he's got you know the bass chord covered uh-huh. you know right and so I'm trying to find you know position two and what sounds nice and do I do I let a second ring through and all this kind of business and, you know, very, very guitar playerly stuff, but, uh-huh. um, still that stuff sound, is, is, is fun to me, you know, finding solutions to problems, you know, all songs are problems. <laughs> <laughs> what do you do? What do you do to find the correct solution? <laughs> um, what are you listening to right now? Just real quick before we, one more time. What are you listening to now? What am I listening to right now? I'm listening to myself so much <clears throat> because I've got a studio in my basement and it's not quite yet a year old and 
uh, we did the last homemade sin record. All the vocals and guitars are done over here in my basement. Um, and I'm doing a solo record. Well, there you go. When's that coming out? Yeah. Uh, don't know. It ain't done. but uh most of the songs are written uh i've got a working version uh i gotta get another attenuator down here in the basement i've got one on order because i can't play the big amps and (sighs) problems 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 (laughs) um but anyway uh you know that'll be coming sometime Uh, it'll it'll more than likely be out before the end of the year. Okay. Um, um, yeah, and it's just kind of, you know, it's just kind of like I, I just said, well, shit, I can play bass, you there know, you well enough. I can play solos. <coughs> I know how to sing. I can, you know, like play John Lennon piano uh-huh. and, and, and two-note organ. <laughs> yeah. You know, you, you don't ever really want to hear any more than that. You just want the fitness. Well, you know, you, you know, it's like I'm I'm not as good as Ben Montage, <laughs> and I know it. Well, you're gonna have your your Todd Rundgren record, Ben. That'll be fun. Yeah, something like that. <laughs> it's uh, you know, I'm, I'm. It's got a couple of folk ditties on it, and uh, you know, it's got some rock and roll on it. It's got some. Uh, it it it's doesn't have very many crazy songs on it. I like to leave those for Homemade Sin because Warner, it's just throwing the dog the Frisbee. You know? <laughs> How far can you throw it? Because he's going to go get it. Right. He and his Les Paul. Um, so, where can they find you? Where can people find you? What's your website? All that kind of good stuff. Uh, uh, Dan Baird and Homemade Sin, all one word, dot com. Dot net, dot net, pardon me. Okay. Yeah. Let's say that and, again. Um, Let's say that again and I'll clip it off. Okay. So where can, uh, so where can they find you? Uh, Dan Beard and Homemade Sin dot net. Uh, okay. Dan Beard and Homemade Sin, of course, all one word, no caps. And uh, that's, that's where you can kind of see what we're doing. Um, and, you know, I'll, I'll just, you know, I'll be out there doing what I can do. We're supposed to be on this um, outlaw cruise, and we're actually going to tour the states here in February. Well, good. I well, know. I mean, it's been it's been a long time. I have no idea yet. Well, I have some idea of some of the places, but I haven't got a full itinerary. And uh-huh. until I get that, I'm not I'm not going to you know put it up on Facebook and all that other shit. Yeah, well, we'll we'll be watching your website for that. So. All right. Thank Dan, you. Dan, thank you for coming on. I appreciate it so much and, and enjoy talking. Pleasure. DaleWileyShow.com.